Mark Laberton is the editor of Still Evangelical Insiders Reconsider Political, Social, and Theological Meaning. We've got uh, contributions by Shane Claiborne. Uh, he's with the Red Letter Christians. We just talked about them. Jim Daly, I believe. Is it Daly or Daly? Uh, we shouldn't just Daly Daly all over that. A focus on the family guy, Mark Galley. Galley and Daly. Uh, Christianity Today, uh, Lisa Sharon Harper, Freedom Road US, Tom Lin, uh, University Christian Fellowship, Karen Swallow Pryor, Liberty University, Sun Chan Ra, uh, North Park University, Robert Chow Romero. Anyway, it goes on. Lots of evangelical insiders. Basically, you're talking the reconsidering political, social, and theological meaning. And of course, now that uh, Donald Trump is president, evangelicalism in America uh, is in therapy, I think. Oh, yeah. Having a little bit of counseling. Anyway, we'll get Mark on the line right now. He's the author of this book, Still Evangelical. Mark, um, what is wrong with your country? I wish I could answer that. Absolutely the right question. Uh, There are so many things, I think. There's lots of great things, of course, but there's a lot of confusion and a lot of tension, and some of that has been... Uh, and directly emerging out of the evangelical church, and um, that's what this book is trying to respond to. Okay, so um, can you be an evangelical and be a conservative Republican who voted for Trump? Is that, like, what's the math and all of those descriptions and, you know, theological slash... Uh, political understandings because you guys have this weird phenomena of wrapping your Bible in your flag yeah exactly my point Uh, in the introduction to the book that's precisely what I'm talking about a lot of what now gets called evangelicalism is really American nationalism and it's wrapped in and justified by Christian language but I would say that it's fundamentally disassociated from the gospel itself so that's the crisis so are, you're, you're one. You're still part of the evangelical tribe, are you not? Right, I am. And I, and I use that word to refer to kind of the core central Christian affirmations, not about a political party or a kind of geopolitical frame, but really a, a, a statement about what I believe theologically and spiritually, and a life that I hope is committed to being a follower of Jesus. That's what evangelical refers to the evangel, the word that's at the core of this uh, word evangelical or evangelicalism or evangelicals, is really the evangel, the gospel. That's what the word is in Greek. And I'm interested in being identified with the gospel of Jesus Christ, but I'm not interested in being identified with American nationalism. And not only is that not part of evangelicalism, it's actually an uh, affront uh, to the gospel itself, I would say. So a lot of this, I, I wonder, Mark, if a lot of this has to do with volume. Uh, you know, squeaky wheel gets the grease kind of stuff. And yeah. it has to do with hijacking descriptors or hijacking uh, yeah. titles and names. So, for example, uh, you know, somebody says, uh, well, I am no longer an evangelical if Trump decides he is an evangelical. Well, or you could try to f- uh, claw back the proper definition of evangelicalism as opposed to bailing on on the tribe or the description of your tribe, or re-emphasizing what it actually means. Look, this happened before evangelicalism and Trump. This happened sure. This happened with even just the phrase 
Christian. You know, uh, I think the smarty pants way when somebody says, are you a Christian, to reply to that is, will you tell me what you mean by Christian? I'll tell you if I am one. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, no, I think that's right. I mean, and lots of words are like that. You could even use the party terms of Republican and Democrat. What do those words mean? Lots and lots of words are, uh, of course, I would argue actually most words are fluid. They're constantly moving. And evangelical is one of those words. Right now it's gotten, I would say, uh, abducted into a sort of political frame of a certain kind of of uh, fairly right-wing politics and nationalism. And I think when it is that, then it's not really about the gospel. It's really about the nationalism and the right-wing convictions. So, yeah, the strategy then becomes to abandon the term, which some people think is the right way, which is start over and choose some other word. Or you try to rehabilitate the word and figure out some way of, of reclaiming it. I think this volume is not really trying to argue that, that, that one strategy as opposed to the other is the right way forward. It's just an acknowledgement across a pretty diverse spectrum that there are many different types of evangelicals who look at this word and this moment politically and find themselves uh, in all kinds of different places. And a lot of people are, are deeply disaffected with the word, and they would want to retain it. Others are saying... I think I'll start over and call myself, as, as Shane does, for example, uh, a red letter Christian, or as other people choose to do, perhaps just a Christian, or a believer, or a follower of Jesus, or other language, to try to get back to something that feels like it's more primary in what people are really intending to name. Okay, we're uh, chatting with uh, Mark Laberton. He is the—by the way, am I pronouncing your last name right, Laberton? You are, yep. Editor of uh, Still Evangelical Insiders reconsider political, social, and theological meaning. Mark, what advice do you give to somebody who is in a conversation at the pub? Oh, wait, if they're evangelical, they wouldn't be at the pub. Um, they're, they're no, in the... that's not true either. But <laughs> I understand the okay, just, I'm a jerk. They're, they're having this conversation, and, and, um, and somebody says, oh, I'm a Christian. And the other person goes, whoa, really? You mean like Donald Trump? Now, how do you get out of that conversation without, A, crucifying Trump? Because it's not our job to, to, to put that much of a spotlight on someone else's spiritual destination. Right. Um, right. And, and yet, without, without kind of going, well, no, 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 I mean, I'm not, I'm not that kind, I'm not... Because you could spend the whole conversation explaining to people what, what you're not. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Right, so I would, I would rather take the strategy of saying, this is what I mean when I say that I'm a Christian, or this is what I mean when I say that I'm an evangelical, and try to just go for something that I would consider to be core about what I believe about God, about the love of God for the world, about um, what it means to be a follower of Jesus. That's more where I would put the concentration, and not on the debate about whether Donald Trump is or isn't. I believe that to God. Uh, it's not really my place to determine that. Is there anybody that you know of who has bailed on evangelicalism because of this discussion and, and a conversation then obviously you would know somebody who's done that but somebody of i don't know maybe note or or importance that we may know and maybe you've sat down and had a conversation with them about saying dude you're you know stay with us stay in the tribe hang on to the the, the term evangelical don't bail on it right right uh, yeah, I've had that conversation with a lot of different people, um, both some well-known and some less well-known. Um, I think the main thing is wanting to stay with the faith more than to stay with the with the title. I don't. I'm not going to make a life crusade about uh, about a certain word, evangelicalism, uh, being one of those words that I would not want to. I'm not staking my life on that. 
Um, but I, I do think that the conversation's worth having. I think the thing that makes it interesting, too, that's important for, I think, listeners to realize is that the word evangelical is not just an American word. It's used really all around the world for, for a movement of Christians that are multi-denominational, multicultural, multinational, who use the word evangelical to say, the heart of my faith centers in Jesus Christ as uh, revealed and, and discussed and told about in the pages of Scripture, which I trust. And that kind of central conviction is is a label then that has been used all around the world. So to just abandon it in American terms really isn't enough, because if you travel and, and understand the Church around the world, there's all kinds of places around the whole globe who would primarily define the Church uh, or their own faith as evangelical and would have nothing to do with anything even American, let alone American right-wing politics. Um, I just want to bring in the guy across the board here. We affectionately call Tim the Tool. Uh, Tim, you've been listening to this conversation, and you are twitching. What's your yeah, problem? Yeah, I think um, years and years ago, uh, Pierre Trudeau talked about... Uh, now, he doesn't know who Pierre Trudeau is. He was a he's former a, prime minister of ours. He's American. Yeah, they don't know anything yeah, about well, us. For our Canadian listeners, we'll know. <laughs> Anyways, our former prime minister uh, once remarked that, uh, you know, being Canadian, uh, Canada, you know, how we run our country, things that... It, it's like sleeping with the elephant. That's what the States is. And I think yeah. the challenge is, and I, I completely agree with you with this word about evangelical, but the rest of the world is sleeping with this elephant. And if if America hijacks the word, then it's going to be really hard to, to get it back because I, I, you are so influential. I, I think it's uh, I think it's a very hard term to get back. And I think, you know, when for me, I woke up one day and realized, oh, my gosh, Donald Trump is in my life for as long as I live. Just that was uh, the elephant that you're referring to. I well, can't, yeah. We can't get away now from orienting a lot of public and private conversation to Trump as, as a bellwether or something uh, dangerous or something that we're fanatically supportive of or somewhere in between. So, yeah, I mean, the point you're making is exactly right. Can the word really be reclaimed? Can it be disassociated with from all the... Uh, infection that I would say has often now set in around the term. And I think uh, evangelicals have done this to themselves, by the way. I mean, I'm not saying this as a victimized evangelical who thinks the term has been made problematic because of other people outside the movement. I think it's absolutely a problem because of those inside the movement and because of what this uh, time really has done to, to, I think, perhaps permanently alter the word. That remains to be seen in history, but uh, but I certainly grant the point you're making. It's, it, it may be unrecoverable. Mark, I want to ask you, what is embarrassing about being an evangelical for you? And and I and that while you're thinking about that, let me tell you that that here is here are a couple of things that uh, a couple of reasons why I bailed on evangelicalism myself. Sure, because it's a tribe of certainty. And there seems to be no room for doubt. And because it's a tribe of, uh, of uh, in order to get in this tribe, to have the membership card, you've got to be a witnesser. You've got to be uh, evangelizing. You've got to be sharing and, and, and standing at Long Beach with Ray Comfort and, you know, telling everyone that they're, that they're sinners and going to hell, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. You gotta be, and so in other words, I, one of the reasons I bailed on the tribe is because the tribe is arrogant and pushy. So that's the answer to my uh, to your question for me. Um, 
I would say the main things that I find embarrassing about evangelicalism is arrogance and and presumption and uh, and an overconfidence in what we claim to believe. I think if if I wait, we agree if, on this. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I think it's one of one of uh, <laughs> one of evangelicalism's greatest problems. Um, I mean, to me, it's a life of faith that's meant to be lived in in a kind of humble confidence, not an arrogant certainty. And so much of evangelicalism is an arrogant certainty. I've always taken it as a very interesting thing that in the New Testament, at the end of 1 Corinthians 13, a chapter that unfortunately is often imprisoned in wedding ceremonies, and you only ever really hear it when it's read in that kind of a context. But at the end of that chapter, Paul, the most confident voice in the whole New Testament, is the one who says, we see but we see through a glass darkly. Now that is the tension that I think a healthy evangelicalism, or a healthy Christian faith for that matter, holds on to. A confidence, but a humility. We see, but we see through a glass darkly. Both uh, together, not either one in the absence of the other. So to the total skeptic, Paul would say, no, there's really a possibility of, of knowing and understanding something about God. But to the overconfident person who thinks that everything is completely transparent, Paul says, no, it's not transparent. It's through a glass darkly. That's Paul saying that. So if Paul is like that, then surely uh, a, a more appropriate Christian posture is a posture of, of, of a humbler confidence. Yes, I see something. I trust that. And I hold it in humble confidence, um, not in a kind of arrogance and presumption that I think is overstating uh, what the faith and even the revelation of God in Scripture really has offered to us. It's an act of faith, it's an act of trust, and I think often uh, when Christian faith becomes a club, like the kind of thing that you're describing that then is used first on those who are inside the tribe, and then sometimes used on those outside the tribe, uh, then there's something really wrong about it. You know, I, I would like to posit something. I'm not even sure I've ever used the word posit before. It sounds like such a highbrow yeah. word. Posit something. Uh, I would like to uh, suggest something, and, I w- and you let me know your thoughts on this, Mark. That's kind of the idea of this. Um, the arrogance and certainty and pushiness that comes out of evangelicalism, I wonder how much of it is as a result of evangelicalism maybe being rooted in Americanism. Because you guys are known around the world as being arrogant and pushy and certain and pom-pom... That's not even a real... (laughs) No, but just rah-rah is what I'm saying. It's like, oh, dude, relax. So the rest of us who have sort of this lineage out of the UK, which just sort of goes, yeah, 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 whatever. Stop yapping. Let's just, you know... Keep calm, carry on. Exactly. But you guys are so, like... It's just irritating how, how uh, I just wonder about the the the, um, the connection or the correlation between between Americanism and evangelicalism. So yeah, now we're never going to be yeah, friends. I, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I think there's undoubtedly a connection between those two things. Just as there's a connection between evangelicalism and uh, and racism, and evangelicalism and a racist history. As an, as an example of an overreaching, overconfident, abusive use of power. And I think a lot of it is justified by, uh, by I would call it, a really uh, a, a, a sometimes abusive form of Christianity, which overstates with certainty and with confidence and with self-interest, something that's really meant to be hold, held in uh, a much greater 
sense of dependency and humility and and graciousness, not arrogance and bombastic confidence, which is what you're describing. Yeah. And and I do the two things tragically are intertwined. Bad theology leads to bad practice, and a lot of bad theology has grown up out of evangelicalism, even though the core of it, an affirmation of the Lordship of Christ and the saving hope of the Gospel, to me, are, are is a call to the central reality of what God has revealed in, in Christ. But I think that often it manifests itself in ways that are completely overconfident and and abusive of power, the way you're describing. And it's, and it's also true in, in patriarchy, which is sometimes also connected to this kind of uh, form of Christianity. So, no, I think that what you're onto is, is right. The, the thing that I think many people do then is to say, well, in light of that, then all of this is really, should just be scuttled. Yeah, yeah. But I think American nationalism, in the form that you're talking about, it really only appears historically after World War One, and really, in particular, after World War Two. And, and how all that intertwines with the changing evangelicalism of the middle-late 20th century is a big piece of what you're describing. Mark Laberton is the president of Fuller Theological Seminary in Pasadena, California. Who is Fuller Theological Seminary <laughs> most known for, other than you? Uh, Fuller is a, is a global seminary. We have 4,000 students. They are people in 70 countries and 120 denominations. Yeah, but don't you have any rock star graduates or teachers or profs or authors that hang out at your school? Uh, I don't tend to like telling our story that way. Um, <laughs> there are, of course, well-known alums, but I think that's not really the important thing to me. That would play into the narrative that you've just handed me, which is who are the famous and the promising and the, and the promoted. I'm less interested in that. I'm more interested in uh, whether we're producing graduates that are authenticating the gospel. So uh, I'd say that's happening in places all around the world. There's a hundred and 65 countries that our alums are serving in. We have a school of theology, a school of intercultural studies, and a school of psychology. Well served. He just he just served that right back, or volleyed that Boom. right back to me. Yeah, game, set, and match, uh, Mark Laberton. <laughs> um, thank you for writing this book. It is timely, it is needed, and uh, and it is well written. So thank you very much, Mark. I really appreciate you joining us on the show today. Thank you. Yeah, take Very care. Good. Thank you. Bye-bye. Mark Laberton on the Drew Marshall Show. The